Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards Betting Podcast. After a brief hiatus last week, I'm back this week joined by Callum at Callum JD Squires on Twitter. And it's just me this week. Um, Jack and Liam are both uh, busy. Liam, unfortunately, has a poorly wife, so he's having to do all the menial tasks around the house. And Jack is busy at work because apparently no one has any time over Christmas, which is uh, meant to be the relaxing time of the year. But you've got me back and you've got Callum back for this week. Uh, as it happens, me and Jack had the first ever lock-off last week. We went against each other with the Chargers minus three and the Titans plus three and the Chargers won by three. So the first ever lock-off was a tie. So all um, a bit of an anticlimax, but there you go. That's what it is. Um, yeah, I, I was very confident of that one and the Chargers were terrible, but oh well. Um, Callum, how are you? Uh, how, how have you been over these last couple of weeks? Yeah, all good, man. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Apologies for a little hiatus. Uh, yeah, ironic to say that I was back in the UK and that made being on the podcast difficult, but it did. And uh, yeah, as I was saying to you before we started here, going back to the UK coincided with a nice three-game losing streak for my Dolphins. So uh, thankfully, I'm back in the US now and hoping that uh, Aaron Rodgers and Christian Watson don't ruin Christmas Day for me. Yeah, they've um, annoyingly, they seem to have a bit of form as well, don't they? So... You could have played them any other time this year other than now, probably, and uh, you'd have been feeling fairly confident. But now it's uh, it's kind of up in the air, that one, which is a bit of a pain. That, uh, oh, well, as long as uh, AJ Dillon gets his touchdown, that's all I'm, I'm worried about now. He's got his five, need over five and a half for me, and uh, I'm hoping that he'll get that in the next uh, three weeks. I'd be very disappointed if he doesn't now. It's to me that he hasn't already gone over that. I was I was convinced that this was going to be a big AJ Dillon year preseason. Have him in lots of fantasy leagues and have failed to make the playoffs in anywhere that I drafted him basically because he's decided to wait until the playoffs to start uh, really getting going. But maybe I should have listened to some of my Packers fans friends who said that <laughs> he's always better late in the season. But yeah, I think you'll definitely get the uh, the touchdown for him there. And I think I think the the solace is that. Even if the Packers do run the table in the next couple of weeks, for someone like yourself who is not pro uh, Packers or Rogers particularly, um, you've got them running into the juggernaut of the Detroit Lions in Week 18. So your last line of defense is you could have a Lions versus Packers winner gets in game in Week 18. So maybe that's what we're pulling for after all. Yeah, and talking of which, uh, you may as well go straight into your best bet then. Well, yeah, I, I just don't. I can't believe this line is only minus 2.5. Um, so my best bet is the Detroit Lions minus 2.5 against Carolina, Carolina Panthers. Um, there are some weird lines this week that I don't really want to go anywhere near. Even without Jalen Hurts, I can't believe that the Eagles are six-point underdogs against the Cowboys. We'll get into that, I'm sure. Um, I don't quite feel confident enough to trust the Dolphins. Minus four against the Packers. I'm just not got no clue what would happen in the game between the Broncos and the Rams. There's lots of weird games this week. So for me, the jumped out of the page is the hottest team in the NFL, six and one in their last seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, up there with your Bengals probably as as the form teams of the NFL. Uh and you know, I I think this is one of those situations where you you claim the retroactive victory effectively in that I said very early in the season was a chance the Lions could be five and oh. Obviously, they were not. They were one and six. Um, but I stuck with that take that the Lions were a good team and could be a good team. And, uh, you know, if you wait long enough for a take to turn, eventually it will. So, yeah, somehow from one and six to seven and seven, six wins in the last seven. And the only loss was that freaky Thanksgiving game against the Bills where they were ahead, you know, a minute left. And barring Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs being who they are, the Lions would be 
eight and six. And, you know, who would have thought that? So credit to Dan Campbell, credit to Jared Goff, credit to everyone in that staff. I think they've been fantastic. They really are a feel-good story. And, you know, I know it's kind of cheating to have a team in each conference, but if I have the Dolphins in my NFC team is 100% the Lions, 100%. Um, the only concern would be that Jared Goff's home and road split is about as pronounced and remarkable as I've ever seen. Um, he is fantastic at home and has not been so good on the road, but was good this week um, You know, to, to beat the Jets, who, again, this is the New York Jets we're talking about, but they have a very good defense. Uh, Goff was sensible enough to throw zero times in the direction of Source Gardner, which is obviously going to help. Um, just stay away from him. He is a game changer. And it just feels like Dan Campbell's got these guys ticking and got them rolling. So, yeah, I'm I'm all in on the Lions. I, with the way their schedule is set up, like I said, I think it may come down to that Week 18 matchup against the uh, against the Packers, excuse me. I think you, might you really may find that after they play the Panthers, they've got the Bears the week after, and then the Packers in Week 18. I really do think there's a chance this Lions team finishes 10 and 7. Yeah. Yeah. You're not the only one who was hot on them preseason. I mentioned in um, a couple of places they were 10 to 1 to win in FC North. Obviously, not quite happened, but I didn't. I did think the Packers would fall off and I didn't think the Vikings would be as good as they have been. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously, I'm on. I, I do like the Lions. They are basically the Bengals of the NFC. They had a massive long playoff drought and now they've seem to have hit on something that's uh, making them quite fun to watch, which is which is quite nice. So if I wanted an NFC team, they'd probably be the Lions as well, uh, along with the Around the NFL podcast and many, many other people who've all jumped <laughs> on board. But um, I know I'd definitely rather watch these like in the postseason than uh, most of the NFC, to be honest. So, yeah, definitely can't argue with that one. Uh, we will get straight into uh, Jack's pick, which was the Eagles plus six. Obviously, you mentioned that was... A bigger spread than you were expecting this week. Uh, Jalen Hurts is not going, but Gardner Minshew isn't a bad backup. So, yeah, for me, I'm I was definitely leaning on the Eagles plus six as well. Um, I think they they're strong enough on both sides of the ball to cause the Cowboys issues, and it's this is for this is for everything really. If they beat them, they basically locked up the one seed. They uh, they'll keep the Cowboys down in the fifth or sixth, and they'll they'll win the NFC East. So. There's not much more motivation than you need, and I think the Eagles are capable of it. We've seen in recent weeks that the Cowboys are capable of throwing away any game, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's a fairly close one. Uh, this weekend, probably, I probably should have said this up top, uh, the weather in the States is terrible this weekend for pretty much every game. It's windy and it is sub-zero temperatures, well, sub-Celsius temperatures. Um, they're getting down to even zero Fahrenheit in some places, so... There's a lot of low scores on the board this week. This is another one that will be cold. My uh, NFL weather is saying, uh, well, about around zero, no wins. So this one actually isn't too badly affected. But yeah, I definitely want to take the Eagles plus six here. Yeah, I mean, well, with the with the Cowboys Stadium being a dome, right? Yeah, with a, with mm, yeah, kind of yeah, open, yeah. It's got right? the gigantic yeah. thing. It's got a giant screen, yeah. doesn't it? I I now, think why there's this yeah, thing yeah, say yeah. dome. Oh, it is a dome. It's definitely a dome. Yeah. Yeah. It's a highly unprofessional start to that there, but yeah, it's a dome. Um, <laughs> I, if there's if there's a game that I actually you know consider if there's a game where I like the over, it might be this one. Um, I kind of I do think that minus six for the Cowboys is too big. 
but I'm almost still a little bit too scared of the Cowboys' pass rush, specifically Micah Parsons, really, to fully be 100% on the Eagles plus six. I think the Eagles plus six is the lean, but I think this is maybe one of those where you just kind of respectfully take the over and stay out of who's winning, I guess. Um, I think that might be my take on it. I I do think Gardner Mincho is capable of winning this game. And if there's one quarterback who has the, you know, swagger and confidence that you can throw him in at any time, and he's proven it before. He's won games before coming in last second and performing really well. So I I don't think that – I think it would be unfair to say to J- that there isn't a huge drop-off from Jalen Hurts because there is. Hurts has been fantastic. He's an MVP candidate for a reason. But it's not so drastic of a drop-off that you would feel uncomfortable with it, like how we say from Tua Tagovailoa to Teddy Bridgewater. With all due respect to Teddy Two Gloves, we saw in the games that he played – the difference between Tua and Teddy. I, I do think that Gardner Minshew will be able to manage this team. I think it helps, again, that the Eagles are a run-first team. And equally, I think it helps that it looks like Dallas Goddard is going to be back. Uh, he gets another big-bodied target that the Cowboys will struggle to cover. So I, I, I might lean to points here just because it has the feeling uh, a weird game. But, yeah, I, I think overall uh, I, I, I would probably lean Eagles if I had to. Uh, yeah, 46.5 the total on this one. And if you've got the chance of possible defensive turnovers as well with a new QB coming in, uh, obviously we've seen Minshew's a bit of a gunslinger. He will chuck it down the field and AJ Brown's going to body anyone. So, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely lean to the over as well. Uh, next up was Liam's pick. He's gone for the Bengals, who are now minus three at the Patriots. Uh, this is one that will be minus temperatures uh, in the Celsius. It's down at around 10 to 10 to 15 Fahrenheit. It's going to be a little bit windy there. Uh, so for me, uh, I am, as I say every time, a pessimist, but the Patriots do have a very, very good pass rush. And that worries me greatly in a game where passing the ball is going to be tough anyway. It could be a Joe Mixon and Samaji P. Ryan game. Um, the Patriots obviously have got a decent run game with Ramondre Stevenson doing well last week, even though he was coming in injured and... Uh, I think there's a definite chance that the Patriots cover on this one, which is a bit of a worry for me. Although Joe Burrow is 18-3 and three in his 21 games for the Bengals, so he is a covering machine, and the Bengals have their three weapons back. They will keep throwing the ball, regardless of the weather, and I do think that they will be able to outscore the Patriots if it was a standard weekend. But the weather this weekend is boggling my mind with quite a lot of the games, and it's making me second think quite a few of them, so... I do want to lean to the Bengals minus three, but it's not one I'd be betting. Oh, I'd be done. I understand your pessimism, but I'd be all over Bengals minus 6.5, to be honest with you. Um, I just think the Patriots are bad. I know they lost in a very enjoyably crazy way last week. <laughs> um, but this, I think I'm right saying that the Bengals have only given up like three second half touchdowns all season. Is that right? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, yeah. Patriots can't score against them. I, I'm not. I'm not buying that Mac Jones and that offense can score against this Bengals defense, which has been remarkable. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, probably myself included, kind of believed that the Bengals last year was a a perfect storm, lightning in the bottle, run to the Super Bowl. And what they've shown this year is no, they really are just that. It maybe took them a little bit of time to find that and find that rhythm, but I'm yeah wholeheartedly in on the Bengals being a fantastic team, really good to watch. I mean, Burrow is just amazing. You know, I can't. I can't speak highly enough of Joe Burrow. I love him from start to finish. I think he's fantastic. Chase, Higgins, and Boyd, you know, for for all the arguments 
And I think the fair argument would be the Dolphins having the best one-two puncher wide receiver with Hill and Waddle. I think it's unfair. I think it would be ridiculous to say anyone other than the Bengals has the best one-two-three with with Boyd Chase Higgins. I I can't yeah. I can't off the top of my head really think of anyone I would put up as a three-piece against those. Um, they're all like they're all capable of. 50-yard touchdowns on the run. They're all capable of going over 100 yards each week. It really just depends on, you know, how the defense plays them. Uh, and I just think the Bengals are clearly the better team here. So I'm wholeheartedly in agreement with Liam here on Bengals minus three. Uh, yeah, last week was the first time that the three of them had scored in the same game. Uh, Boyd Higgins and Chase all got a touchdown last week. Um, but the Bengals really struggled moving the ball. They were gifted good field position many, many times last week. And... Um, I mean, they put it away quite easily in the end, and but they they had the best, they had the same line on the road in Tampa as they do on the road in New England, uh, which probably is giving the Patriots far too much respect. I don't think the Bucks are very good this year, but I do think they're better than the Pats, and for the line to be the same is probably a little bit too much respect on the Patriots. So, fingers crossed, uh, you guys are all correct, and uh, Bengals will get the win there. If they were coached by anyone other than Bill Belichick, there's no way this line is minus three. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and no one wants to see the Patriots in postseason. So, fingers crossed, oh. we'll uh, we'll put a nail in that coffin. Uh, so, my pick this week is the Titans minus three hosting the Texans. Uh, the total's thirty-five point five. There, it might be Malik Willis starting, but it doesn't matter. Derrick Henry's going to go for two hundred yards and two touchdowns as he does every time against the Texans, and they'll run out twenty to ten winners or something similar to that. Um, that, that's that's essentially the handicap for me. Is it, I don't care who's at quarterback. It's Derrick Henry against the Texans, and he always goes for two hundred yards, and he always scores multiple touchdowns. And the Texans, they've been putting up a good fight in recent weeks, but they don't want to win. That they they need to keep this one pick and do what they do, do what they can from there. Um, so yeah, Titans minus three, fairly simple one. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think that was probably my second choice um, after. I can't even remember who I picked now. Lions. Um, of after the Lions, sorry, yeah. After the Lions, yeah. <laughs> Titans is the next most obvious pick. Um, I was at the reverse fixture in Houston and saw Derrick Henry single-handedly annihilate the, the Texans. And yeah, like you said, that was Malik Willis as well. And it didn't matter. So there's no reason to believe that it would here. I mean, you know, if something freaky happened and the Texans, the Cowboys jump out to a lead, this Titans team is not built to play from behind, but to be honest with you, against the Texans, you just lean on Derrick Henry regardless. And I just, I, yeah, I, the weather could play a factor, I guess, in Nashville. That is a city that can get cold, um, but then you just lean on Derrick Henry even more. So I, I think Willis Willis still has some potential and I think can develop into something in this league. Uh, like you said, the Texans don't want to win this game. They want the number one overall pick. They want Bryce Young, simple as that, basically. Um, I think I think the Texans will take Bryce Young and that will probably persuade Brandon Cooks to be a little bit happier and stay and play there for a little bit. <laughs> that will definitely make Damian Pierce a bigger threat when he's got a quarterback so they can't just load the box. Um, the Texans have some young talent. They're just missing a few pieces. I do think adding Bryce Young doesn't necessarily resolve everything, but I think I'm right in saying they have two first-round picks this year and next year, maybe. Have they still got one of yours from a couple of years back? No, I think they've got... Well, I think it's the Browns, isn't it? I think they've got all of the Browns picks. Um, oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so I, I, I've got two first-round picks either this year or next year or both. 
Um, if I'm wrong, fair enough, critique me. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would. I just don't see the Texans. I think at this point in the season, once you get to week 16, 17, 18, it's Christmas time. Uh, I, I don't see any reason why the Texans need to win another game. They're not going to go fully defeated, and they, they want to make sure they get their call. Yeah, they do have Cleveland's first this year. Just managed to uh, yeah. check that. And uh, Cleveland's first and right. third, and then they've got an extra in like oh, sixth yeah. as well. So. I mean, they're loaded. Yeah. They're loaded with picks. They, they, they could really... Not instantly, but they could really improve from last year to next year, so this year to next year, if they get Bryce Young or whichever quarterback they choose and add, you know, a little offensive line, a little bit more on the defense. You know, Stingley is a great player. They've got good young pieces. Um, but yeah, there's no way they want to win this game. Yeah, and uh, obviously we don't think they will. Um, so first up is Thursday night game is the Jags plus two and a half at the Jets. Uh, total 36.5. Weather in this one isn't too bad. Uh, you got Zach Wilson starting for the Jets uh, against, well, Trevor Lawrence seems to have arrived um, finally. Obviously, I've been very critical of him. Um, he still made mistakes. He fumbled, which probably should have cost him the game last week. But fortunately, the Cowboys are uh, coached by an idiot as well. So they <laughs> decided to throw the ball when they needed a first down. And obviously, that caused the pick six, which messed everything up for them. But uh, Trevor Lawrence has been very good. Zay Jones has been on fire over the last three weeks. Christian Kirk obviously is good. Marvin Jones is good. Evan Ingram had that big game. Uh, the Jags defense I still don't think is that brilliant, but um, they should be all right against Zach Wilson, although he did show a few sparks last week. Uh, the Jets defense is obviously the highlight of the of the of everything for them. Um, on offense, they are they're okay. Like Zonovan Knight had been doing well until last week. Um, I'm not sure if Corey Davis is available. I haven't um, checked that, I'll be honest. But Garrett Wilson looks like he could be very good in this league once the Jets get settled down at quarterback as well. Um, I would be leaning, uh, pardon me, uh, to the Jags plus two and a half here, um, and probably under on the total. I think it's going to be a pretty tight affair. So first things first, Corey Davis is going to play. Um, that is something I've just checked. So he he's healthy and will play for the Jets. However, I don't really think it makes a difference. I'm all over the Jags here of lines I couldn't believe. I'm stunned the Jets are favourites, to be honest with you. As good as that defence is, and as good as you say, as Gary Wilson looks, I do think when they get Brees Hall back healthy, and again, the Jets are a team who need to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. As much as Mike White has come in and done well, I'm not convinced that Mike White is a franchise guy. So, you know, are they going to move up and try and get a quarterback? Are they going to be able to get one where they are in the draft? Probably not. Not one of the elite ones, anyway. So, It'll be interesting to see what the New York Jets do. They were obviously aggressive last year in the draft, and it's really paid off in building that defense. Um, but we'll have to see really how they how they go from here. What I would say is I Jags win this game. It feels like the Jags are the team with the momentum. They're closing in on the Titans. They can sniff a very surprising playoff appearance if they're able to uh, find a way to win a couple games down the stretch here. I just I, I really do think that the way Trevor Lawrence is playing right now. He looks great. He really does. And, you know, with the Jets followed by, followed by Tennessee in Week 18, you know, as much as I'm talking about a Green Bay-Detroit winning you get in-game, we might have a Jacksonville-Tennessee winning you get in-game uh, where the Titans and Titans might find themselves having to win in Jacksonville in Week 18, just like the Colts did last year, and maybe not being able to do so. Mm. So um, I really like Doug Peterson all along. 
I think he was great for the Eagles until it went wrong, and I'm still not really sure why it went wrong there. But I'm just I think Doug Pearson's a great coach. I, I ETN is coming into his own. Trevor Lawrence is coming into his own, and you know I'm I'm not surprised that he's coming into his own. I mean, you know, you don't go from being the best the best college quarterback of all time to a nobody in the NFL. I just it doesn't really make sense to me. But it has taken time, and you know credit to them for sticking by him, sticking with him, and uh, you know over the last what is it five six weeks he's maybe the top quarterback in the league. So credit to yeah. Trevor, and uh, yeah, I I I think the Jags win this game. To be frank. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. I, I don't. I prefer watching them than I do the Jets. So, they um they will be the ones I would go for. I'm off work now for until the new year, hey. so I might um I may stay up for. I, I say stay up. I may wake up for that one. Um. So yeah, we will we will see. It should be intriguing. I'm not going to say in, entertaining or exciting, but intriguing. It should be um a decent matchup. Uh, the first game up on Sunday, I've got the Falcons. Saturday, sorry. Remember, Saturday, Saturday this year, this week. Most of the games are Christmas Eve, which is definitely not causing me any issues with the family at all. <laughs> uh, 6 p.m. Christmas Eve, where we're watching, meant to be watching Christmas films with his family. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, thanks, NFL. It's uh, really, really screwed me over there. Uh, but yeah, first, uh, first up on the slate that I've got is the Falcons plus six and a half. And uh, total is just 35.5. Again, it's cold. Again, it's going to be fairly windy there. Um, and it's Desmond Ridder in his second game against possibly Lamar Jackson. But uh, nothing's really confirmed there. I know that the NFL Fantasy app and I believe Sleeper are both expecting Lamar to play because they have him at around 20 points, um, which will be interesting. But I don't think he will. I think they'd be silly to try and rush him back when they've got tougher games on the horizon so for me I think it'll probably be Huntley um, even then I would probably still take the Ravens minus six and a half um, I like Ridder coming out of Cincinnati uh, but he didn't really show a whole lot for them last week uh, they've lost Caleb Huntley in the run game who was admittedly the third RB but they did run all three of them so that that damages them a bit uh, the Ravens are not they're, they're not a good team they They've done very well. They've been coached very well to get this far and to be as close as they are to the playoffs, which they probably will still sneak in. Again, as Callum was saying, with all the Week 18 games, Bengals-Ravens, Week 18 could be a big one, hopefully. Bengals will have it wrapped up by then. Um, but they need to stay that game ahead because the Ravens have the tiebreaker and they have a better divisional um, record. So the Bengals need to win by a clear, or be ahead by a clear game by Week 18, really to make sure that they secure the top of the, the AFC North. Um, but yeah, rambling on that one. It's um, I would be leaning Ravens minus six and a half and under on the total. I mean, the Ravens haven't been putting up any points recently. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not convinced Lamar is going to play based on just the fact that he hasn't been in practice so far this week and there's not really been any suggestion from anything that I've seen or read and as someone who has a couple of Lamar stakes in a couple of fantasy leagues, doesn't make me happy. But I, I think he'll be be Hundley, and it, it, I don't think he'll matter that much. I feel like this is a Ravens run game. Uh, you know, the Falcons started. Well, I mean, I think the Falcons have had a better season than anyone really expected them to. But I think at this point, they're they're trying to see what they've got in Ridder. I don't think he's necessarily the guy for the future, but I do think he's a guy who could play in the NFL. Um, but there's part of me that thinks six and a half is a lot and the Falcons seem to be able to stay in games and keep games close. 
but I do just think talent-wise, the Ravens have better players. The Ravens have probably a better... They do have a better defense. And they usually coach better. So I, I could see this being a low-scoring game. Uh, as much as I hate taking unders, as much as only 35 and a half. You know, if you told me the Ravens won 20 to, 20 to 13 or 17-10, I wouldn't think that was ridiculous at all, even 20 to 10. So, um, yeah, I, I would take the Ravens here. Yeah, you've got uh, 14 Fahrenheit and mild winds there. So, And obviously we saw uh, the god of all kickers missing a couple last week. So he'll be looking to get himself back on, but it won't be easy in that weather. Though it is in his own stadium, so I'd imagine he'll be fine there. Uh, next up, Bills minus eight at the Bears, uh, 39.5 the total here. Again, I need to, I'm gonna, I should really stop saying it, but five to, five Fahrenheit, 22 mile an hour winds, uh, probably a lot of rushing on show here. I believe that Khalil Hobart has been activated from IR. I don't know if he's going to be back for this one though. Um, if he is, then that adds obviously a triple threat to the Bears, which would be very handy. Uh, Montgomery actually had an annoyingly good game against. Some people in fantasy last week, he scored a couple of touchdowns. Justin Fields obviously did his stuff. Uh, they threw for like 150 yards, but he rushed for 100 as well. And Monty scored the two touchdowns for them. Um, the Bills, they are mainly a passing team, but they are getting it done on the ground as well recently. Josh Allen will put his um, get his legs in motion when he needs. I don't know whether he will in this one because it should be a fairly comfortable win for them. He tends to do more in the games where he's needed to do more. Um, I would be taking the Bears plus eight on the handicap and I will be leaning to the under. Uh, I think it will be a fairly close game. I don't think the Bills are what they were at the start of the season. Um, so I'll be taking the points. Yeah, I think the Bills are the better team here. Um, Justin Fields is probably one of the players who's enhanced his reputation the most this year. I was very unconvinced by him in previous years and he has shown he can who can carry a team that really doesn't have anything good to say about it. I like Montgomery and Herbert, but as far as their receiving core goes, you know, adding Chase Claypool hasn't done anything. Um I've got very little interest in in the Bears offense generally aside from Justin Fields who, you know, everything goes through him and he seems like he's guaranteed seventy five rushing yards a week basically. Um he's become a football darling very understandably. And you know it's really hard to uh, hard to say that much else about the Bears. The Bills are just a better team. They should win by two touchdowns here. Weather could play a factor, I guess. You know, be a factor. Excuse me, could play a role. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty set on on the Bills in this one. As much as that will uh, upset me, as they confirm their AFC East championship, I think that ship has sailed. And uh, yeah, I just think the Bills, the Bills are the better team, and. They're Super Bowl contenders for a reason. Even with the amount of injuries they've had this year, they continue to keep chugging away. And yeah, I just think they're they're a really good team overall. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, they've got the Bengals on deck and um, Monday Night Football next week, which will be a heck of a game. And very happy that I'm off on Tuesday. So um, yeah, that one uh, that one works pretty well for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. The Bills are far the far better team there, but. They don't seem to be putting teams away, and they've been a solid under team for most of this season, actually. So, again, it'll be another intriguing game, that one. Uh, the lowest total in 14 years, I believe, um, I saw, <laughs> is the Browns. Uh, Browns hosting the Saints. Uh, the total is 32. Uh, the Saints are plus two and a half. Uh, windy. Cold. 
Um, apparently gusts up to 60-odd miles an hour, which is unplayable for the passing game, frankly. Um, Nick Chubb has an ankle injury. He's been on the injury report this week. So possibly Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson uh, going for the Browns, which frankly should be enough. Dearness Johnson's always done well when he's come in in relief of players. Uh, the Saints are actually... They're one of the more frustrating teams. They seem to move the ball well, but don't put up any points. Um, and I've seen a lot of people saying this could be a, t- um, a Taysom Hill week um, with his power rushing and things like that. Obviously, they don't have Mark Ingram at the moment, so it's Alvin Kamara. Uh, David Johnson, who oh, he doesn't seem like he's got it anymore. He fumbled last week, I seem to remember, on red zone. Um, Kamara doesn't seem to get the ball as much as they should. And it's Andy Dalton, who, frankly, is used to playing in this weather. He's used to playing in this stadium. He's used to winning in this stadium. Um, <laughs> but whether he will against Deshaun Watson and the Browns in the weather that they're expecting, I'm not sure. So very, very firm stay away from me on this one. And <laughs> probably under, even though it's the lowest total in 14 years. So just nine minutes ago, while we were recording, I got a notification saying that Nick Chubb is good to go. No injury designation, okay. which I think changes things. So just sorry, I, I should have told you before you said that. But uh, easy, easier to take the Browns when you know that, I think. Um, I Yeah, I, I would take the Browns here. I, the, the total, I, I wouldn't go near, really, because it's so easy over. You just need a couple of freak... You need one long touchdown out of nowhere or a breakaway run or even, you know, if someone is trying to throw it, you know, deep in their own territory on like a third and 12 or whatever and you get a pick and then, you know, points can spiral quite quickly. So I wouldn't go near the total, but I would take the Browns here. As bad as he who should not be playing since he's returned from suspension, uh, you have to trust Nick Chubb and, you know, and Joku, Cooper, Peoples-Jones has looked good this year. I just think the Browns have better weapons and the Saints, I can't trust Andy Dalton anymore. They don't seem to give the ball to Kamara, like you said, which is extremely frustrating. Uh, He's one of the best playmakers in the league and he's done absolutely nothing all year. Uh, Yeah, not for me. Uh, Browns, Browns all the way, I think. Yeah, yeah, well, um, it won't be one that I don't think that's going to appear on Red Zone too much, but Chubb playing definitely helps them and yeah, very run-heavy, I would imagine. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Dearness Johnson does get a few touches even even without, even without with Chubb there, um, just because they should just rotate the backs and, well, just run all over them, frankly. Um, Giants plus four at the Vikings. Um, total of 48. Obviously, we've spoken a lot about the Vikings this year being Fords, and they half-showed it last week, and then they decided to turn up in the second half in one of the more miraculous games ever. It was, I think, no thirty-three to one to win outright at one point was what I saw. I I took the Vikings plus twenty-five and a half, which obviously by the end of the game seems absurd. Um, the Giants beat the Commanders. They were plus four against the Commanders as well. So this is essentially saying the Commanders and the Vikings are the same same kind of level. I don't agree with that. I think the Vikings are the better team, but they wrapped up the NFC North last week. They're either going to be the two or three seed. Do they? They don't want to be the four seed, um, but they should avoid that because obviously NFC West is terrible. Uh, so they should avoid the Cowboys. So other than that, the two or three seed doesn't matter a whole lot to them. So in theory, the Giants will be playing harder. They've got more on the line. They need to keep winning. Um, I would still be leaning to the Vikings. I don't think the Giants are a very good team. Uh, frankly, I'm not sure the Vikings are, which I'm sure you're going to get to in a minute. But I would still be taking the minus four at home. 
Yeah, these are two teams, neither of which I'm with. <laughs> um, I mean, look, let's let's be fair and give them credit. Coming back from 33 is impressive, Who, no matter who you are and no matter what the situation is. That said, the Colts could not have handed that game to the Vikings on a plate more than they did. Everything they did right in the first half, they were like, we're just going to stop doing that. We're going to stop finding ways to get the ball down the field. You know, it's just silly decisions. We're going to go for it on fourth and one rather than kick a makeable field goal that would have sealed the game. And going for it on fourth and one instead means that they get the ball back. That baffled me. I really didn't understand that. Because if you miss the field goal, they're getting it from the same spot as if you don't get it on fourth and one. It didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And admittedly, why it was the 50, 52 yarder. But those are makeable kicks for NFL kickers. You have to. I was baffled Jeff Saturday didn't kick that. Um, anyway, that's my rant on the Colts over. Um, this game's a stay away from me. I don't trust either of these teams. Um, I'd maybe go to the under. It's a dome, but that, that total feels high for a Giants team that can't really score that well and actually has yeah, played pretty good defense throughout the year. Now, again, Justin Jefferson and Darwin Cook, they can break away and score points in a hurry at any point. But, uh, yeah, for me, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not convinced by either of these teams. I really do think there's a chance that the Vikings actually end up as the three seed. Uh, the, as much as I don't like them, appear to have found a way to win under with Brock Purdy. So I think there's a chance the Niners end up as the two seed, and the uh, the Vikings fall to the three seed. And what that does mean is if the Giants can find a way to stay in the playoffs, you might even see of this in the playoffs which is not a game I'm particularly enthusiastic uh, about seeing. Um, in an ideal world for me, I think that the best outcome would be that both the Seahawks and the Lions jump both the Commanders and the Giants. I'd much rather see the Geno Smith redemption story and the Lions than either the Giants or the Commanders in the playoffs. Um, but the, the win for the Giants last weekend was huge, as much as it was controversial with some officiating calls. It, uh, it allows the Giants really to play hard. So if you were really going to pressure me to take a side, I might take the Giants plus four just because they are the teams that kind of usually keep their games close and they're scrappy, um, say more like his old self. So, yeah, I'd probably lean Giants, but not the um, not one that I want to. And just an update on an earlier pick, uh, John Harbaugh says it is Tyler Huntley on Sunday or Saturday for the Ravens. Yeah, no, not too surprising there. Um, that means I have some uh, something else to do in the Fantasy League. Uh, talking of seeing Geno Smith, uh, he will be in action in, uh, well, not in Kansas, well, at Kansas City in Missouri um, this week. Um, always bugs me. Uh, in, in Missouri this week at Arrowhead um, as the Seahawks are plus 10 at the Chiefs. Total of 49. Um, fairly easy one for me here as well. I'll be taking the Seahawks, getting the points. The Chiefs have shown in recent weeks that they are not covering big spreads. They're just uh, they're doing what they do. They're winning games. They're never really in doubt, but they're not really blowing teams away. And um, I don't think the Seahawks are very good either, frankly. But they have been at least keeping things close-ish and getting ten points, even in Arrowhead, is the the way I'd be leaning on this one. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, the Chiefs are obviously the better team. I fully expect the Chiefs to win the game. Uh, but in terms of the spread, that, that plus 10 feels attractive for a team that has the weapons they do. I'm not sure that Kenneth Walker is going to play, with, which is a blow. But, you know, DK Metcalf is exceptional. 
the Chiefs can key on him, key in on him a bit because I think Tyler Lockett's going to be out with his finger. Um, but Marquise Goodwin's done quite well for the Chiefs this year. Sorry, for the Seahawks this mm. year. And Noah Fant has kind of found a little bit of his form again uh, as a receiving tight end. So I, yeah, I wouldn't. This will be a blowout one way or another. Um, but I think that uh, yeah, I, 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 I'd take the uh, I'd take the Seahawks on the points here. Yeah, not um, not a huge amount to talk about in that game, frankly. Although I, I don't think McKinnon will keep up his his <laughs> recent form, but who knows? I, I thought that last week, and he's got another two, and frankly looked very good. <laughs> Playing unbelievably. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty crazy there. Um, next up, Commanders plus seven at the 49ers, total of thirty-seven point five. I don't think the Commanders are very good. I think that despite the officiating. Uh, things were going to end up with losses for the Commanders eventually. I don't think Taylor Heineck is very good. I wasn't sure on Brock Purdy, but I mean, hey, we've seen that he's pretty damn good and he runs the team well enough with the defense that the 49ers have got. Uh, again, it's a case of motivation, I think, for the 49ers. They have the NFC West title sorted and it's the second or third seed. And as we've been saying, I'm not sure that's going to make a whole a lot of difference, but you want to keep on winning. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I'm sure he'll be uh, wanting to show everyone what they've missed out with the Pro Bowl and uh, him not being involved in that one for the NFC side with uh, Tony Pollard going ahead of him. But um, yeah, in in all seriousness, I don't think the players really give a toss about the Pro Bowl. But uh, it is weird that he wasn't taken. So yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be leaning for 49ers minus seven. They've won six games in a row, which is one more than the Bengals five and. Obviously, as Callum was saying, the Lions are probably the other form team. So, why not? Why won't they carry it on? Yeah, I mean, the only argument for why they might not is that Chase Young is going to be back and active. Mm. Um, so, potential game wrecker, though I also think the 49ers O-line is good enough to deal with someone who hasn't played all year. You know, just he, he's going to be a bit rusty. So, I think it's a good thing for the commanders to have him back. But, yeah, I just think this is where their playoff challenge is going to fall away because, again... Not a Niners fan at all, can't stand them, but they are the better team here for sure. And uh, yeah, I think McCaffrey will be in prove everyone wrong mode. As much as they don't care about the Pro Bowl, I think he will have been insulted by it. Uh, George Kittle's kind of looking back to his best in Debo's absence. So yeah, hard to hard to go against the Niners. And maybe the over, just because I think the commander, I just think the, I, if, you, if this was 28 to 10, you wouldn't surprise me at all. I think the Niners will score points. They seem to be scoring points quite easily. Um, so I'd maybe lean to the over of 37.5. Yeah, the, this is the one game with uh, good weather this weekend as well. So um, shouldn't be any issue there on that front. Uh, the weather in Pittsburgh isn't exactly great, but uh, they're used to that up there. Uh, it's the Immaculate Reception 50, 50th year game. Um, unfortunately, uh, Franco Harris won't be there to celebrate after he passed away this week, which is just terrible, terrible timing when this was basically the game <laughs> came to celebrate him. Um, so it's just horrible for them. Um, it, I guess in theory it might give the Steelers more motivation, but I'm pretty sure they were going to be motivated anyway. Um, hopefully it won't hit them too hard with it. I've um, been listening to a lot of stuff recently uh, this week about why that was such an important play in Steelers history and it was their second ever playoff win. It basically kick-started a dynasty. So while I personally don't believe it was that good a catch and it wasn't that amazing, I now understand a little bit more why it's so important in the history of not just the NFL, but the Steelers um, themselves. I 
I'd have to say in all that, I'd probably lean to the Raiders plus two and a half. I think they can put up more points than the Steelers can. Um, but then again, they will probably throw away those leads that they get and the Steelers will come back. So I guess if anything, I'd lean over 38.5. But this is a cold weather game with Derek Carr, who is, um, I think he's 0-5 in under, I think it was under 27 Fahrenheit games, something ridiculous like that, which is a, a weird nip, uh, weird cherry picking stat. But with um, temperatures expected to be 10 Fahrenheit and wind chill below that, then it will affect him. Again, I'd lean to the Raiders plus two and a half. Yeah, I think I, I would do the same. Um, obviously, the Franco Harris passing, you know, sad, sad and just incredibly terrible timing, if that makes sense as a phrase. Like, just you couldn't make that up in terms of, of all the weeks for something like that to happen. It's it's obviously sad and, you know, you know, rest in peace and thoughts and prayers to his family, obviously. Uh, yeah, I... I Derek Carr's such an enigma. I mean, the, the Raiders should have easily beaten the Patriots last week. They had that game completely in control and then tried to give it away. And then, obviously, the Patriots gave it back to wanted to win that game. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do think the Raiders just have more talent here. Um, I think Kenny Pickett's going to be back, which is good for the Steelers. But I, I find it hard to believe that the Raiders won't find a way to win this game. I just think Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs have proven the talents they are. And, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go with the Raiders. Yeah, uh, fingers crossed. And it will be Tomlin's first losing season as well. Zach, does this game confirm that? Wow. And apparently that's the end of the podcast. Um, so I was about to get onto the Packers plus four out of the Dolphins, which Callum would have had, I'm sure, quite a lot to talk about on that one. Um, but my internet cut off and he has to shoot off in a bit anyway. So I think we're taking that as a chance to end his portion of the podcast there. We will, I will carry on with the last four games. Packers plus four out of the Dolphins, total of 49.5. Unsurprisingly, no weather issues here. It's the Packers going down to sunny Miami. They'll probably enjoy that quite a lot. But yeah, we were talking before the podcast, me and Callum, about AJ Dillon. I have a bet on him scoring over five and a half touchdowns. And he's now on five. He gets going in the cold weather. And hopefully we'll get him another one this week. Uh, the Packers seem to have hit a random little bit of form, which is actually quite frustrating, um, given the fact how terrible they've been this year. I think we were looking forward to a postseason without the Packers involved. But here they are. And I wouldn't be surprised. If they win this one outright, so I will be taking the Packers plus four um, with well, probably a lean a lean to the under on that one, um, and we will see how it goes. Uh, Callum, you are back with me. Apologies for that. My internet died, um, so that was my fault. I've just gone through my ramble on the Packers at the Dolphins and why the Packers are going to win outright, um, so I'll leave it up to you. <laughs> Thanks for the uh, confidence. Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick the Dolphins because, of course, I am. Um, but if there's any one team that you don't want to face when they're, quote-unquote, running the table, 
attempting to run the table, it's probably Aaron Rodgers and these Packers. Um, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs now both playing and both looking competent uh, is a concern. But more I'm concerned about the one-two punch of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon just because they are talented running backs. And in a game, did you did you say what the weather was going to be like in Miami? Uh, nice and sunny. Yeah. So um, okay. So well, 50, right, 50 so Fahrenheit. So not exactly warm, uh, but sunny. No stress compared to Buffalo. Yeah, so in, in, a, in a game that, you know, weather shouldn't be an issue, maybe the Dolphins will still be able to move it. You would probably argue that the strength of Green Bay's team defense is their secondary as opposed to their run defense. They've been bad against the run for a number of years. I wouldn't be surprised to see Raheem Mostert get a similar workload to what he got against Buffalo. Um, and he actually played very, very well, Raheem Mostert, especially in the first half, you know, broke off that one big run that was very impressive. Um so I don't necessarily think that the Dolphins need to be concerned if they can't move the ball throwing it. I think they've definitely still got, you know, enough talent rushing it. We'll see if Jeff Wilson Jr. is able to play. It would obviously be big if he could. Um, but, you know, hard to hard to really know for sure where, where that's going to go. I Yeah, I have to take the Dolphins. I believe they're the better team overall. I would not be surprised to see this game go over 49.5, even though it is a high line. Um, you kind of just feel like the Dolphins can score 28 every week regardless. You know, them scoring a touchdown each uh, each quarter doesn't feel ridiculous. And then on the flip side, you know, the Packers have found a bit of rhythm. So I, I could see this one being, you know, a Christmas morning here in the US shootout. Um, I think it's a 6 p.m. start in the UK. Uh, yeah. To be honest, I, I really just don't want the Dolphins to ruin my Christmas day by 3 p.m. That's really, that's really my biggest concern here. So... Uh, yeah, we'll see. But I, I do trust the Dolphins to find a way to win this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I say, I'm not sure I can... Uh, I would be taking that one, but I, I think that actually will be quite an interesting game. And 6pm Sunday, Christmas Day. Again, I don't think I'll get much chance to watch that one. Unfortunately, I'll be probably in prime prime position to watch the thriller in the next game. But um, yeah, this one I think I'll probably miss most of. But I'll see what I can do on it. Fingers crossed. I'll be all right with it. Yeah, the thriller thriller for the next one is the Broncos, minus two and a half at the Rams. Uh, 36.5 is the total. That's the 925 game in the UK. Um, really, not much to talk about in this one. Uh, the Broncos are not good. The Rams are the worst defending Super Bowl champions in history, officially. Um, and I don't think they're going to do a whole lot in this one. So, I'd, if anything, I guess I'll be leaning Broncos minus two and a half. Um, and, right, I don't know, under on the total. Well, you know, I'm a card-carrying member of the Baker Mayfield fan club. So, who would I be if I didn't? Uh, who would I be if I didn't bat my boy? I mean, if Russ is back, then maybe that changes things a little bit. Looks like he might be able to play, correct? Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I think the Rams. They, I thought, you know, they gave a decent account of themselves against Green Bay in a game where they were clearly outmatched. I mean, you know, as good as their comeback win was against the Raiders in in Baker's debut, you've got to remember that they are missing. Their top two wide receivers and a number, and you know, the arguably the best player in the league on their defense. I mean, they, you know, they they are heavily hampered. Uh, with it being at the Rams, I'd probably lean to the over because weather shouldn't be too much of a factor. Um, yeah. SoFi is technically open, but it's kind of closed at the same time. Uh, and the Broncos appear to have found you know a little bit of rhythm. I wouldn't be surprised to see. Uh, Jerry Judy be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. 
Uh, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, even against Christ- Christian Watson, was still able to make a couple plays against Ramsey last week. Um, so, yeah, I could see some points in this. And to be honest, if I'm going to watch this on Christmas, I want there to be some points. So yeah. I would lean to the over and the Rams plus two and a half if I had to. Uh, but again, probably one that you stay away from overall. Yeah, I can't. Um, it's, it's definitely not going to be the most exciting game on the slate. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, I say that and then I look at what's up next. And yeah, the, the nightcap on Christmas Day is the Bucks minus seven and a half at the Cardinals. Uh, the Colt McCoy led Cardinals this week. He is going to be back. Oh, was, oh, was he out? Sorry. Is that what it was? Sorry. Yeah. Colt's out as well. It's Trace McSorley. Oh, wow. So yeah, the Trace McSorley <laughs> Cardinals. So a break for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Um, so frankly, not a whole lot to talk about in this one either. Uh, Buccaneers minus seven and a half has to be the lean here with that news at quarterback and under 40.5 on the total would be the only way I'd be going on that. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one that I may not win a fight to get this on TV. I think if I've watched the Dolphins game early in the day, I think this might be relegated to a uh, a phone screen late for the nightcap because, uh, you know, no Kyler, no party basically. And uh, as as much of a goat as Tom Brady is, I, I don't know that I really want to see the Buccaneers defense tee off on Trace McSorley. I uh, I think it'll be more like, um, yeah, more like a, a shooting range effectively for their linebackers just going after McSorley. And yeah, I just think the Bucks are the better team here and they need to win. The Cardinals are now at a point where it's probably better for them to lose. They're dead anyway. So uh, yeah, yeah Bucks, Bucks for sure is the play here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not worth staying up for, frankly, on the early hours of Boxing Day morning for us over here. Nope. Um, and then finally, closing out the night uh, is uh, closing out the weekend. Monday night football: Chargers minus four and a half at the Colts. Uh, total of forty-five point five. Um, big news: this one is BDN. Uh, Mr. Nick Foles is being quarterback for the Colts, which is obviously their third quarterback of the season. We'll see what happens. Obviously, Matt Ryan. I, it looks like he's getting blamed for throwing away that game last week, which uh, I think that's a bit tough. I think the play calling was dismal, as Colin was saying. Um, and Jeff Saturday didn't really know what he was doing, which fair enough. Like it, it, they're they're the sixth pick in the draft, and maybe they want to keep that. Um, but it seems a. I mean, Matt Ryan's been terrible, so I'm not going to say it seems harsh scapegoating him for that one. But yeah, um, the Chargers struggled to uh, a win against. It was a final second win where, annoyingly, they were terrible all game, and then when the things were on the, on the table. They threw for 70 yards, ran down the field very quickly in, in a minute. And it's a kind of, why didn't you do that all game when I've got Justin Herbert, a quarterback, in my <laughs> fantasy uh, knockout rounds? I, luckily, I got through because of uh, AJ Dillon scoring two touchdowns for me. Um, but it was a very frustrating game to watch when you've got Justin Herbert, Mike Williams and Gerald Everett uh, in your team going up against one of the worst passing defences in the league. Um, the Colts are not much better than that. So again, I'm very hopeful this week and it all adds uh, a little bit of spice to my fantasy playoffs, knowing that it's going to go into Monday night. So I will be taking the Chargers minus four and a half and hoping that they're a little bit more fun this week. Well, so yeah, you can actually give me some advice now then. So in, in one fantasy league I'm in, I'm in the semifinals. I have Jalen Hurts. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is out this week. I tried to get Gardner Minshew. I did not have high enough waiver priority to get Gardner Minshew. So my options for this this weekend are the aforementioned Kenny Pickett in a game with bad weather or Nick Foles. And I don't really know how I feel, but 
is it no. too risky to start Nick Foles? Um, you know, having not played at all this year, yes. But is he also proven to be able to do it in big moments? Yes. Does this count as a big moment? No. And do the Colts really want to win this game? No. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I can't decide between Pickett and Foles. It's a bit of a nightmare situation. These these late injuries are obviously killing us. As far as this game goes, yeah, I think you have to think the Chargers win this game. Um, Mike Williams has looked fantastic since coming back from injury. Keenan Allen has looked fantastic since coming back from injury. And as much as the Chargers severely underperformed last week against the Titans, you would have to think that they will find a way to uh, reacquire some of their momentum uh, this week. And, you know, I guess to be fair, it's a mark of a good team to win when you're playing badly. And, you know, all of a sudden, like we said earlier, Chargers are right in the thick of the playoff hunt and know that if they, I think if they win out, assuming that Baltimore drops the game, then the Chargers would be the five seed and get the AFC South game. So if you're Brandon Staley, that's what you're telling your team is we need three wins um, in three winnable games, I believe they have. Um, Yeah, Indianapolis, the Rams and then Denver. You know, Rams and Denver both can be scrappy defensively, but... If you're the Chargers and you're looking at those three, you've got to say that's three winnable games with Herbert and all of the offensive skill guys pretty much back and healthy. So yeah, I would be I'd be taking the Chargers here, and I'm probably going to end up playing Nick Foles in fantasy and hoping that he can keep the game close. <laughs> yeah, I think Foles is the pick, unfortunately, but that might be my Steelers bias. So who knows? Um, yeah, this is prime Charger in season. That's the only issue is that. Would it surprise you at all if they went and lost all three of these games? No. No, this, that's what they do. They they get the hopes up and then dash them all on uh, on the rocks. But, uh, right, thanks for Callum, coming back, Callum. I know that you've got a shoot-off, so uh, apologies for the lack of internet on my end. But, uh, yeah, I think we've done a decent enough job there. And on to, on to week 16. Um, have a good Christmas, happy holidays, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, and we will hopefully be back uh, next weekend. I know that Liam should be back for that one. Um, I I would hope you're available, and we'll see how Jack's doing. But uh, yeah, I should be around. So I'll uh, leave you to sign us off this week. Yeah, cheers, guys. Wish everyone a Merry Christmas and uh, enjoy the holidays. And hopefully uh, Christmas Day is as happy for all of us as I want it to be. Fingers crossed. Yes, it's been a rough year so 